another episode of Technically. Today I have some special, special, special guests. I don't like the team they support, but these guys are top of their field when we were talking about um, journalism, sports journalism in Zimbabwe. I hope they don't think that I'm just buttering them up. Um, with Barry and Mike, I'm here. I'm sure when you hear the voices, you'll know who exactly they are. Hi guys. <laughs> I mean, well, you're a, you're a consumer. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. And, uh, don't don't worry. Uh, we, we we made the payment. So oh, oh, the, the nice thing you said, uh, it's spot on. Yes. Yeah. And you'll need to lay it on midway through some of it. I hope it's USD, not local currency. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but listen, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. good to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, thank you for inviting us. Um, so right, so I have been racked with a question in my head. Um, about what sports journalism, for example, and what fandom was like before the advent of social media and the internet. So it's the internet is something that you can't say didn't exist. To me, it feels like it's always been there. But for sports fans, it, it, the generations are vastly different. So when I speak to my dad, for example, he doesn't even touch Twitter, but he knows what, what the starting eleven for Dynamo's in the 1980s was simply by newspapers, by radio. They used to sit around and listen to football on the radio. He still does that in the car, which is freaking strange so you guys are you guys i'm guessing we're kids in that era i was yeah. not born uh, <laughs> I, I, I was still a, a an idea, yeah, an, idea. <laughs> uh, an idea so i want i want a reflection from you guys of let's start with way back when in the 80s i don't have a reference to that and I, i'm guessing that's why I brought, well, that's why i brought you guys here i don't have a reference to what I, i'm used to seeing people you know shouting and whatnot on twitter and facebook but i don't know what it was like back when things were more innocent yeah, I think uh, one of the uh, or a takeoff point would be to correct a misconception. I, I think we don't view ourselves as uh, sports journalists per se. Okay. I think we are more sportscasters. Uh, I think we sort of like came in, especially on the Zimbabwean market. Um, we weren't giving you sort of like reports on games. Uh, I think we were able to work on the healthy alignment uh, where the information meets a bit of education and also entertainment uh, to make the news very palatable to our audiences. So that, that's where we sort of like come in. So we're not going to be the guys with the uh, pens and Croxley notepads at sports events, <laughs> uh, noting that uh, there was a goal scored in the 13th minute. I think ours is to really just observe what's happening uh, and develop opinions based uh, on the events that we're actually attending. So I think uh, we, we always need to sort of like correct that misconception mm. uh, between what is the standard journalist and then someone who can be termed a sportscaster. I think we fall into the sportscasting category. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit demeaning to sports journalists because they do a lot of hard work uh, and, and go out and, and get the story, um, dig it up and all sorts of into for us to just simply dive into there without mm. actually having uh, uh, put the blood, sweat and tears out mm. is, is a little bit wrong on them uh, mm. as well. So it's, it's better to just get right in uh, there. But then now putting our, our fan hat on, mm. um, which is going back into time. And I, listen, you're absolutely correct. I, I can't figure a time when uh, what we did when there was no internet, but except when a question like this comes up. Uh, and you then go back and think to yourself, we had a way of receiving and consuming the information related to the, to the sports. Because uh, firstly, you you don't have you didn't have a ubiquity of television sets. Let's start there. Uh, right now, there are very few households that don't have a television set, and I'm including rural areas even. Back then. In urban areas, there were many households that didn't have uh, TV sets, so you don't get to consume games at the level and scale that you do now. Uh, similarly, radios and radio sets weren't as pervasive as they are now uh, because not everyone had a car. Um, presently, just the state of our traffic in Harare alone just tells you <laughs> that you know many people have vehicles. So you would make a plan in order to consume live content. But if you missed out on the live content, you then had outlets that would, would give you a narrative that came out of that. And the Herald, we had one newspaper, guys. Mm -hmm. the, the, that's all there was. That's it. And it was in black and white. <laughs> so fully black and white. And yet, you still knew the starting lineup for Zimbabwe Saints. Uh -huh. Lancashire Steel, 
you knew who played for these teams and could still critique a national team coach when he made these national selections so it was it was a passion game that's what that speaks to me yeah because you'd have to go out and actively seek out the information now you just scroll if your thumb works you yeah. you'll you're, find you're, the information you're, you're able to get the information <laughs> and i think also the the it it was a process uh dynamos would play highlanders on a sunday uh and if you were sort of like uh from our backgrounds you know i was in a rural background you would be getting the parade magazine yes. that would come out a month later and you'd still be keen on the story then even though the game was played 3 weeks ago it would have the pictures it probably had the center spread uh poster of the winning team and so those are sort of like the platforms on which we consumed the content uh Barry talks about radio i mean radio uh, especially in the rural areas was phenomenal now there were many of them but the communities opened up their homes their shops stores were a big thing back then uh there was always a local record bar yes. we had one out in sanyati so this is the guy who sold music uh it was called a record bar <laughs> he sold uh, the, sold the LPs, lps and, and uh, yeah vinyl and so, and so nothing to you <laughs> and, and so because he had something of a pa system uh he would then whenever the big games were played he would basically just have that speak game out. Uh, yeah. put the speaker out and the entire growth point would be listening to the game and so his little kids would go to the shops and would listen to the games and so forth so that's how we consumed uh, the content back then and uh, we got into Rufaro into Barberfields into the National Sports Stadium before we even came to Harare or Bulawa you know our imaginations you yeah. know were yeah. a phenomenal thing back then i mean we would picture ourselves literally sitting there because the commentators were so good they were so descriptive the addiction whether it was in shona in debele in english was excellent the way that they described situations yep. uh, during the game the way they were able to build up to a game the way that they commentated on the game as it went on was really absolutely something to behold because you literally could see it yeah you literally could see it yeah uh you know and so that that is how we really went about it and of course the newspapers we would get newspapers the bus would come with the newspaper i remember the bus <laughs> would sort of like uh, the first bus from town sort of like hits uh, sanyati around 12 o'clock mm. and that would be the first newspaper that you would get and you know there'll be an almighty scramble you know and then we also had uh, for example the castle natbrew back there yes, they'll have the calendar yeah so the calendar confirmed to us who the biggest stars in the country were yes. because we we'll then look at the calendar and say right those are the 11 soccer stars of the year those are the best players in the land yeah and and so now i think the the transformation is is it's a, it's it's more than a sea shift it's 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 transformed completely yeah. um and the tragedy is i would hazard to say that the fan is less knowledgeable now mm-hmm. than the fan back there i know it's an oxymoron it's paradoxical but even though there's so much information and so easy to get out there compared to back then back then because i suppose you valued it more mm-hmm. because it was so hard to get you really just also passion driven very which you, which you mentioned early on yeah. it, it's your passion that drove you yeah. to seek out the information yeah. so do you think there's a there's a fall off between me just being on twitter looking at teams to you guys who had to actually go to the places to find the information to find who was playing when to to listen to the games because now you can throw a, a, a pirate stream on well, and watch a game you, you know the old adage yeah. uh, familiarity breeds contempt for uh, sure because yeah. everything is so readily available I think we don't respect it enough. Mm. Uh and we 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 look at it very differently from the way that we looked at things when we were growing up. I mean, for you to get that center spread in a parade magazine uh and have stick that in a book or on the wall in your house. That was a cherished something. I mean, the the calendar when it came at the end of the year, we would go and offload the natural truck just to carry favor with the local barman <laughs> so that he could say listen mabatsira kutakura makret here's a calendar because uh, not every home had that calendar yeah it's true it wasn't readily available it was a cherished thing it's it's something that grown men 
would fight would for. Would fight over, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that calendar. It was a cherished possession. So I think because we, we didn't get things so easily, we cherished them more. Yeah. And therefore, even when we went to a football game, uh, which wasn't as regularly as we do now, yeah. you go and watch a Dynamo's game. I mean, my first game was, was a Highlanders game at um, Rimuka Stadium. They were playing Rio Tinto back then. Yeah. But I was full of questions throughout the night 90 because I knew that I wouldn't be watching Highlanders again for the foreseeable for, future. Uh, for a long time. I wanted to know who was that? Who's the goalkeeper? What's his name? Mercedes you know, I would be asking questions because it was such a phenomenal thing to have gone and watched this great Highlander side. Uh, and so I think maybe now, just because things are readily available uh, and also because we also competed with so many things. Yeah. Back then, there was no NBA. There was no NFL. Yeah. There was no English Premier League. Well, it was there, but uh, you only got it, what is it, once a week on <laughs> once Wednesdays? Once a week. You, uh, if you had a TV. Correct. Uh, correct. Then... There was no La Liga. Yeah. There was no Italian football. In fact, European football in Zimbabwe really took off early nineties. Yeah, that's um, when it took off. Sort of, sort of, and 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 all you got, sort of, yeah, um, late eighties into early nineties. All you got, if you were lucky, was the the um, uh, big league soccer uh, mm-hmm. and on 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 a Sunday, and then uh, a midweek uh, type yeah. uh, show that would round up all the games for England. And then you had the Champions League final, the European Cup final. That was all you had. And back then, obviously, it was still on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. Oh, yeah, um, that's it. And, and that was it. So the, 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 the uh, competition for your attention was limited to you um, having or following the domestic game yeah. more so than the international game. And that's just from a sports perspective. Never mind the fact that now there's Idols and Comedy Central yes. and CNN Netflix. and yeah, Netflix. Yeah, and so you're the, the, the amount of... And just Twitter in itself. Uh, because all it takes is for Mike to take his cap off yes. in Sahara City Center and Twitter goes off. <laughs> oh, you know Mike was bald. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> and it kicks off. Nothing to do with sport, yeah. and so now that's what we're what we're following. Yeah. So back then, perhaps, um, if you if you want if you want to turn a phrase, it, it's probably the purity of sport, the 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 fan experience or the fandom was as pure as I would say the performance on the, on the pitch itself. We consumed local, yeah. uh, and our corporates as well in terms of dollars had no option but to invest in local yeah. because that's where the numbers were. Yeah. Uh, that's why there were so many sponsored cup competitions yeah. in our local game. Yeah. Uh, the Chibuku Cup, the Castle Cup, Rothman's Shield, yeah. uh, the BP Rose cup. Bowl, yeah. BP Cup. There were as many as six or seven cup competitions in our local game. Yeah. You know, and, and that's because the corporates had no choice to go there because that's where the numbers were. People were not looking at international footy because they just had no access to it. Yeah. And, and then don't forget that when we move on a little bit into sort of mid, mid-80s, uh, television is becoming bigger and uh, a few more households have televisions or at least in, in, a, in Murain, there's at least one house with, with a television. Um, you're not necessarily getting live games at that stage because live TV is not a thing. Yeah. You're getting game of the week. Game of the week. So you're listening to Charles Mabika on a, on a Sunday, okay, on radio, yeah. and you're like, wow, that sounded like an epic game. And then you're watching it on the Wednesday evening on ZBC. So again, it is, it is about, and I think that reinforcement, that... Uh, consistent, the lack of lack of choice, uh, the the lack of uh, uh, the the whole we have today, I think made it so pure that you only had one option, and it made you an absolute super fan for the local game. Um, and tragi- uh, the tragedy is that the local game then hasn't moved on or evolved enough to try and retain that attention. Yep. Of the local fan. Interesting that you brought that up because you both brought two interesting points. Um, the fact that local corporates were sponsoring local competition because they didn't have access. Yeah. Right. And the fact that uh, Barry brought it that local football didn't keep in step with the developments internationally. Yeah. Because now we can see that, you know, academies all over the world are 
training at, at ridiculously high levels in yeah. comparison to what we see. No, no, we didn't grow with the international yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, I don't know you guys are both business people. Uh, so for a moment, let's just look at a business perspective. With the influx of all of these stimulants, NBA, NFL, La Liga, EPL, you know, the Bundesliga, and the local game itself, what can you divine as, as just business people and fans? What happens to our local game in terms of money? In terms of the not because interest follows money, right? Yeah. yeah. So what happened in that in that gap? When well, did it I think I think like Barry said, uh, the game failed to keep up uh, with developments abroad, and also with the fact that I think television was the big game changer. Yeah. Uh, television in that we had then had the national broadcaster start to offer more content, so it just wasn't international football; it was now international sport. So we now had programs like Transworld Sport. We now had programs like Gillette World Gillette Sport World Special. Sport Special. Mm. So we now had people watching cricket and thinking, oh, that's great. Mm. Zimbabwe got, got test status as well in cricket. We started to see international sports stars show up at Harare Sports Club. Uh, people that we'd only read about in newspapers. Your Martin Crows, your Graham Hicks, Graham Thorpe, Graham Gooch, uh, Shane Warne. Uh, Steve War, those guys were showing up to Harare. So those sports were now developing, of course, a fan base of their own. Tennis as well was doing well. Uh, Andre Agassi showed up on these ranks. He was world number one then. He was yeah. the glitziest, biggest star in world tennis. That's the equivalent of having Rafael Nadal in Zimbabwe. Coming to the city sports now, center. Now, coming to the city sports center. The Davis Cup. To play. Yeah, Davis, Davis Cup. Because okay, okay, okay. we were uh, competing right at the top. So, so that competition, but going back to TV, TV is now offering a lot more. Yeah. And then also there was the switch from largely black and white to color, oh. you know, which made everything glitzier and more glamorous uh, on, on TV. All of a sudden, we, 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 we discovered that, you know, at going to the A-Team, I remember, you know, there was a series called the A-Team with oh. uh, Mr. T and oh. uh, Hannibal Smith and so mm-hmm. forth. I remember being so disappointed because we always thought that little van was black. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and then only to discover that he did a red line red. down the middle. <laughs> so, so you know, so so TV really changed the game, but uh, and that's where we fought, fell off because our corporates all started to turn to that entertainment, which had a growing fan base, and started to pump in money in those programs. Started to pump in money in other sports. We saw. The, the huge corporate dollars that went into cricket uh, when they found sort of like an international platform, test status. They were playing at the World Cup. Now, football at that time, yes, still great, but in terms of us having definitive success stories, we didn't have. And you know, success stories are key in growing your fan base and your audience. We've seen it in Barcelona. Barcelona went from the doldrums to become the biggest brand in world football in 10 years on the back of sustained success. Football didn't have that. The only time we saw a glimpse of it was Dynamo's Champions League run in 1998 where Mm -hmm. Dynamo's went all the way in the CAF Champions League final. It galvanized the nation. Mm. Whether you liked Dynamo's, you you hated them, you envied them, but we all followed the Dynamo's success story. Whether watching it on TV or whether attending the football games at the National Sports Stadium. But that was something that the corporates could throw their money behind. Why? Because there were eyeballs. Yeah, for sure. uh, there were feet going through the turnstiles. Yeah. Turnstiles, And so that, that's always critical. So football in many ways, because we don't have sustained success in the sport, whether at national team level or even at club level, yeah. uh, was always going to fall victim to that. And, and, and there's always an, an afterglow, as it were. Uh, so 1998 Dynamo's goals all the way and if you track it and then look at sort of five to eight years after that and then 10 years later they managed to make the semi-finals of the of the Champions League Dynamo's got a huge amount of corporate dollars behind yeah. Hyundai uh, who sponsored Dynamo's at one stage when, when, they were, when they were big here Nestle came in and, uh, and Blue Ribbon uh, all sorts of corporates jumped on the Dynamo's bandwagon because of success so that's from a success perspective. But at the same time, to sustain success, you need money. Mm-hmm. And then you follow the story of what made other leagues successful. It was the money that came in, like Mike said, from TV. Yeah. And we never got that. We still haven't got that. We had a glimmer of it when Supersport was, was broadcasting our games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it wasn't a great deal. 
but it meant that at least money was going into the clubs that was a stipend that wasn't earned from from commercial activities from gate takings match day it it was it was revenue that came from broadcast so now that revenue line actually had could be populated so it assisted our our, our teams but barring that we haven't had that 1992 england transformed forever and still hasn't hasn't come back off that 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 upward trajectory when B Sky B came in with the with the with the with the millions then hundreds of millions uh, into into the British game and it just turns into turned into billions and so on and so forth. You look at the transformation of the Champions League TV. TV. It was TV. It was South Africa closer to South Africa. The TV. South African league is the commercial success it is because of the money that's coming in through the TV deal and with SuperSport. So if it's simple as so as long as so then we we then have a couple of things. That we we have a uh, we've had a single broadcaster for many years. That's transformed now. Uh, obviously, we've had new licensees uh, that have come on stream. ZTN is there now. Three K TVs there and all sorts. But previously, we only had one broadcaster, and that broadcaster was a state broadcaster. Mm. Now, the tragedy with state broadcasters, if you recall, again uh, the English scenario is that you had the BBC. That 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 worked a lot um, with football, but state broadcasters survive on license fees mm. and not commercial revenue. Mm. So, similarly here, the state broadcaster is never going to be the answer. With no matter how much, unless government steps in and actually gives them the money, yeah. the state broadcaster is never going to be the answer. Yeah. So, the broadcasting space needed to open up sooner for private players to come in and then hopefully that broadcast revenue then comes into sport in general and football specifically for that evolution to start of course then you need to have the ideas to then move progress the progress the ball to borrow yeah. a, a football pilot. so when we look at social media if you want to operate on social media you need to understand that you're a brand if you're a club whatever it is you're a brand so below chiefs fc is probably the best example of you're not necessarily the best football team but you have a, you have people in there who know what they're doing when it comes to pushing the buttons on social media yeah. to the point that they get verified and you know as Roma mentions them and all that kind of stuff. In your from your experience as let's both say as fans and and, and pundits and sportscasters, have we seen that in Zimbabwean teams, let's say football across the board, right, from football all the way to tennis, embracing the brand nature of what social media is, speaking to people with an identity that that is undef- un, un, unidentifiably or whatever a dynamo's tweet. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm glad you brought Tabulaya Chiefs up, and I think they must be commended uh, for making a start, because that's what I'll call it. Uh, it, it it's a start. Uh, it, it will really be complete when they're able to convert the social media interest and curiosity into feet through turnstiles at matches where they're playing. So right now, I think they've done a lot to build their brand in the digital space, but they haven't yet got a strategy of how they can convert that interest, that following, those numbers into people who ultimately say, hey, Bulawa Chiefs is in town. I need to go and watch a Bulawa Chiefs game. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a fan. Okay? So that that is where, so that's why I'm saying they must be commended for starting that journey. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, our clubs have sort of like lashed onto the digital game uh, a bit late. And then even their use of the digital space is largely really confined to banter uh, and just sometimes really aimless posts that don't do much uh, to grow their brand uh, and to develop them. And and this is mainly coming from Bulawayo Chiefs. Now, Bulawayo Chiefs won't be criticized because what they did is that they created their own persona uh, on social media. So they're a very young brand. Uh, They're fun. Uh, Humor was a big part uh, of what they did and what they do still. And so what you notice is that because it worked for Bulawayo Chiefs, every club is trying to do the same. Mm. All those that have come after Bulawayo Chiefs sure. are trying to be like Bulawayo Chiefs. They're trying to be witty like Bulawayo Chiefs. And sometimes they don't have the wit. They're trying to be humorous like Bulawayo Chiefs. Sometimes they don't have the humor uh, and so forth. So that was where the problem has been, where these clubs haven't defined themselves to say, hey, uh, listen, we are, let's say, Dynamos. We are the country's biggest and most successful team. That already should give you an edge 
on social media, but it also should dictate how you actually communicate mm. on social media. You're the big boys. That's that's who you are. You are the kings of Zimbabwean football, and even your persona on social media should reflect that. Sometimes we don't see it, and so we have Caps United trying to be like Bulawayo Chiefs, Chicken Inn trying to be like Bulawayo Chiefs, Highlanders wading into the FC Platinum sometimes wade into the, then they retreat and so forth, you know, type of thing. They, it seems like they're, they're caught up uh, in between. Do, do, do we, you know, we are FC Platinum, classy, rich, uh, successful, or do we also engage in this? And so these guys are not really thinking it through because what I see is uh, they've got uh, guys who are just posting for the sake of posting, mm. uh, but there is no clear strategy behind what they are doing. There are no targets. What are they trying to achieve? By their presence on social media, mm. yeah, and the, and the bedrock, I think, to uh, any social media content strategy or whatever the case may be, has got to be a robust and solid club strategy. Mm. So fans follow success. We just spoke about that, and so you can't. Yeah, look, you can have you can have the the millions of followers on on. Uh, social media, the thousands of followers on, on social media. But ultimately, your core business is that you play football. You're a football club. Play good, entertaining, winning football. And get the fans into stadiums. And they'll follow you on social media for sure. No worries. So do you want to be a social media strong brand and a football weak brand or do you want to be strong in both worlds i think you can be both yeah. uh, but tragically what we're seeing now is more so those that are strong in terms of their socials are weak in terms of their core business oh, interesting because i'm from what you guys were saying the experience of children growing up made me realize this is how ultras are born football ultras correct yeah that's how they're born. They're not yeah. born on scrolling on, 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 on social media. On social no, media. It's impossible they're, they're to build not. an ultra. So I was watching, I think, Bilbao, uh, Athletic Bilbao's ultras. Mm. Amazing. No, athletic Athletic club. Athletic club. <laughs> uh, Bilbao to, is, to call them Bilbao is, is actually a spite on yeah. those ultras you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so athletic club. <laughs> They'll come yeah. for you. Ultras. <laughs> They'll come for you. Um, it was amazing to see that, um, how they respond. Uh, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce's ultras. Mm. Those things are built in communities. Yes. Yeah. And are we not missing the point locally when it comes to the grassroots level, the people who are in those areas. I, I see. I don't see any clubs that are popular, let's just say popular, outside of, of Arar. Most clubs are based, let's say, in Arar. Uh-huh. A good number of clubs are based in Arar. Uh-huh. But the clubs that are based outside, you don't see too many supporters. I was in FC Platinum game a while back. Yeah. And even people speaking about the club uh-huh. was something I didn't really experience. Well, well, to be honest, uh, identity is key uh, in building that core group of supporters. Uh, so the, the, the core followers of Dimbare are from Mbari. You know, same thing with Highlanders as well. They've got a, a, a very clear identity. Uh, and that's why those teams are sort of like have got the following. But it's not just that they have an identity. They've also had the success to keep those fans there. Uh, we, we don't have, unfortunately, sort of like the, the, the European model where they are strong local identities. Uh, we used to have it. Uh, and I know you're talking about FC Platinum. But FC Platinum actually is not the biggest club in Shabani. Shabani. Is actually the team that's supported by the locals. Uh, they patronize that team more. Uh, FC Platinum, remember, is a team that's uh, barely 12 years old uh, as far as Zimbabwean football is concerned uh, in terms of playing at the very top. Uh, Shabani is a team that they, the locals have always supported and associated with Shabani. Same thing if you go to Mashingo as well. Mashingo United, hugely uh, popular team there. The locals would fill up Macheke Stadium. You go to Kwekwe, the likes of Lancashire Steel, uh, go to Kadoma, the likes of um, Rio Flats. Tinto, then for Flats and so forth, Mangura and so forth. So we used to have that. But unfortunately, when the dollars fa- fell away and sort of like the economy hit the troubles uh, and then a lot of the dollars were pulled away from these institutions, they also fell away. Uh, and a lot of the teams that now exist, you'll find predominantly in Bulawayo, and in Harare, that's where the majority of our teams are. I think Harare's got, what, seven, eight teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Bulawayo with another four, five teams, and so forth. And that is where the football is being played. So I think, you know, it, it's it's very difficult uh, 
for us to do that, uh, to develop, because most of these teams, you know, Yada, for example, is, is a church team. It's, yeah. it's funded by uh, a ministry. He's only ever going to get uh, those that go to his church really to support that team. A lot of work to do to break into the fan base that has already been dominated by your Dynamoses, your Caps Uniteds, ECs, ETCs. It's very difficult uh, to, to sort of get a fan base going in Zimbabwe because we just don't have local loyalties. You know, in England, for example, if you grow up in Liverpool or Merseyside, uh, you're going to support Liverpool, Everton, or Tranmere Rovers. Those, those are your teams. That's all you're going to support. If you grow up in Manchester, same thing again. The two Manchester teams. You grow up in Bradford, you're going to support Bradford mm. before you think of supporting Arsenal, Chelsea, and so forth. So they've got strong local uh, loyalties, mainly because the teams actually do exist. They function very well. They've got the structures in place. They actually compete at decent levels when they're playing in League 1, League 2, ETC, but they're actually performing at a different... So it's easy to get loyalty to something that's actually there than to ask our guys to support a team, a team that's probably in Division 2B <laughs> or whatever they're doing simply because they're in Chegutu or they're in Rosape. But, uh, and, and, and fandom is, is a point of pride, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's, it's about being proud of the entity you support, being able to pin your colors to the mast and say, I am a fan of that club. Um, the tragedy in Zim is we don't start with belief. Get the people to believe in what it is that you're doing. Uh, yes, uh, it's, 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 an, it's a geographical thing um, in Catalonia, but you'll find the Catalans refer to Barcelona as the Catalonia national team. So that's a pride piece. What are our clubs making our fandom believe in? You've got to give them something to hold on to that says, that's my club because we do things differently. We are this, we are that. And what then happens is that it turns from just being a, a, a core of ultras into a movement and everybody wants to be a part of this because you're getting onto or into the journey. Uh, but sadly, we have, we are, we are focused on building brands, but not the product. So you'll have a great brand like uh, Lawyer Chiefs, but their product is football and it's not, it's not bashing yeah. Lawyer Chiefs. <laughs> it's just as an example. The brand is great, but the product is weak mm. because the product is the football. Imagine if Blair Chiefs is playing exciting, I'm not saying win, win the league, mm. but you're playing exciting football that everyone is talking about that when you go to Blair Chiefs game, you're going to be entertained. They may lose 3-2, mm. but you're going to be entertained. entertained. That's what a football fan wants to hear. And that's what's going to draw someone to get off their couch Stop scrolling or stop watching uh, the English Premier League and troop across to the National Sports Stadium and watch what, what Blaichis is about. I'll give you an example. I remember I, I came back and I told Barry, I was like, guess what, mate? I was in a shop, okay, and in Manchester. Dad brought in their kid, wanted him to buy him his first United jersey. I was right there. I was picking up a couple of shirts myself. The kid refused I could see the disappointment that was etched on that man. <laughs> Dismay. <laughs> he couldn't believe it yeah. because he had walked in there and when he had hit the section, he was excited. The kid refused. Totally refused. And he said, I'm not having that, Dad. Refused. Why? Because United, the way they're playing right now, they're losing. They're not winning. That's what this kid is seeing on TV. They're being ridiculed on social media. Everyone's laughing at the, the brunt of every joke. And does he want to put on that shirt when he goes onto the playground and say, I'm a United fan? He'd rather get the Man City jersey and wear KDB on the back, number 17, because that's a winning brand. It's picking up trophies. It's dominating. So, so those are the things I think that a lot of people face now. You know, the traditional loyalties uh, are falling away. People want to be entertained and people want a winning product on the field of play. 
you, you can't carry on talking brand, brand, brand. And for Manchester United for a, a, a decade has gotten away with the fact that, hey, we were such a commercial behemoth. We were this huge commercial thing. But if you notice that a lot of teams have caught, are caught up now with Manchester United, mm. even commercially. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Man City, who are now, in terms of revenue, the richest team in the world. They had the highest revenue last season. It's because of the on-field success. So the on-field success will always translate to equity for your brand. It's, it's that simple, but you've got to get that product right. And the problem is when you go watch our local game, to be honest, they, no. there's really nothing there Shucks. that would inspire my son or your son, if you have one, uh, to return to the stadium and say, Dad, I need to go back there. Take me back to watch that game. There's nothing there. They're going to be bored. Absolutely bored. Because, <laughs> watch uh, a nil old draw. Yeah, watch a nil old draw. And it's just so negative, the, the tactical approach of our coaches right now in our top flight league. So there's nothing there really to, to, to get people hooked or interested. Kodara, I mean, listen, when you heard Dynamos was playing Highlanders, it was a game. Because they're going to go hell for leather, it go at each other. And... It's gonna end two one, yes. but it's gonna, you're gonna the post is gonna have and, a, a, a and, day of days. Yes, and it just wasn't two or three teams. It 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 was Dynamos, Highlanders, Caps United, Black Rhinos, Zimbabwe Saints. Yeah. You know there were so many teams, so many good teams. Tanganda out in the east were playing good football. I mean, producing really good players like Lloyd uh, Lloyd Mutasa. You know, and so there were a lot of teams, even the, the small teams like Mangura, and I say small because I'm talking about where they come from. They would come and leave the big teams with a nosebleed. Yeah. They weren't just coming to roll over and, uh, and, and lose in Rufaro because they were playing against Dynamos or go to Barber Fields and just take a beating. No, your Wangues, you know, your, your, your what is it, Peru United, Peru United. Uh, Cisco yeah. Steel. Yeah. They were producing soccer stars of the year. I mean, uh, uh, James Takavada, yeah. soccer star of the year. Who did he play for? Zisco Steel in Quebec. Lungu, soccer star. Who did he play for? Rio Tinto in Kadoma. Mm. You don't get that now, yeah? Ginger. No you know? Even now, when you go, Dynamos is playing Highlanders this coming weekend at yeah. Barberfields. You try watching that game. Actually, to that point, I was watching on ZTN, mm. their YouTube stream. Man, the numbers are pitiful. Yeah. I was like, They've given us this for free. I mean, internet's expensive in Zimbabwe, mm. fair enough. But I mean, if you, if you have access to it, you can still watch it. Yes. Mm. I was expecting to see 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 people. 600, 700 dropping off. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, there, there's nothing keeping us there. The last bit of, not entertaining football, but the last innovative style of football I saw was Kiglon. When they were trying the Tiki Taka back in the day, I uh, don't know when that was, in the mm. uh, mid noughties. Right. That was the last time I saw a, a, something I could say, I don't like this team, I'm a Timbari fan. Mm. But these guys are interesting. Mm. Yeah. And, and you uh, see, I that's Norman, the thing. I think Norman Mbappes hit it with the AFC Platinum. And that's and that's and that's the thing. You can point to the teams. One you, 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 you can't. If I if I challenge you now to tell us one team that played a defensive masterclass type of football, would that would have made Diego Simeone proud? You can't. You you want to see the passing team, but if we say which were the passing teams in Kiglon? Monom Tapa, Norman Mbappé's FC Platinum. You you can rattle off names and you can remember they're memorable. I mean, I look at that Monom Tapa team that that Norman Mbappé's coached. It was made up of no namers. These guys, we did not know these. Oh. Guys. We didn't know a Daniel yeah. Zokoto. We didn't know Chris Samaguiri. We we but they became household names and brands. Not simply because they won the league. But because they played a brand of football, I never tire of telling this story. My dad was staying in, in, in the United Kingdom, came home. He was around for like two months. Football fan decided, okay, I'm going to troop across to uh, DZ Stadium and watch a local footy game. Munum Tapa was playing. I, God knows who. I didn't go with him. Mm. He was staying with me at the time. He came, he came back home and he says, I went to watch a, uh, a local game. The game is in safe hands. It's brilliant. I was like, what? <laughs> and he says, I went to DZ State and I was like, oh, okay. And he says, I watched this team of young guys. These guys were young and they were stroking this thing around with a plomb. He enjoyed it. It only ended 2-0 to Munam Tapa, but he had the 
prime of his life because he was a pure football fan, grew up in an era before our time, loved the purity of the game and that gave him a glimpse of the, a time that was. We don't have enough teams now that play like that. And that's why Liverpool is gaining all the new fans it is. Man City is gaining, gaining all the new fans uh, that it is. Hansi Flick's Bayern Munich was a thing of dreams for people because they played front foot football, passing football, entertaining, where you can see the players are trusted to try stuff, try a flick. It doesn't come off. The, the coach still applauds yeah. and say, well, do it again. We, we go again. Yeah. Do it again. It's like Marco Bielsa's leads. Not the there best team in football. Yes, but, but I mean, Bielsa's mind itself, watching it work we, on the pitch. We, we all enjoyed watching leads. Mm. Yeah. That was mm. the thing. Yeah. So it's about that enjoyment. So I wasn't watching leads because I, I, I thought they were going to win. Yeah. But I knew they were going to give give it a good go. Yeah. No matter who they played. They lost some games, 6-0, 6-2. But there were some games they won 4-3. Mm. But those were the games we waited for. Yes. And said, hey, this team. That's it. And that's what fans want. Fans want entertainment. Yeah. That's it. They want to be entertained. That's what it comes down to. Mm. Don't entertain me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's know. So let's, let's wrap it up. So for, for clubs, it's this. You need to build pillars. If I, if I got what you guys said, all right. Yeah. You need to build the structural pillars in the club. So not to go a Man United route where you have the brand but not the product where you don't have something as rudimentary in football as the director of football to, to, to head out, to interface between the board and the coach. Um, you need to have the, 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 the players that are, are willing to play for the club, understand what the badge means. So if you see Liverpool play, I don't, I hate Liverpool with every fiber of my being, but it is inspiring to see them play because it's like money, regardless of whether money and Salah like each other. If it's Sunday and it's game day, they're teammates. Oh, it's yeah. all about the cop. There is nothing else, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a myth, though. Let's just yeah. 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 <laughs> People trying to create some sort of rivalry between Mane and Salah. They there is get no. along perfectly well. Yeah. There is no rivalry there. But, uh, you know, we love to create these little things. But like, that's oh, social media, though. You know what? Yeah, that's social exactly. Media. You that's, take a picture. Yeah, like, yeah, they, they might have been yeah, talking about something. Yeah, and it's, it's not but, a thing. Um, but, 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 but that's the thing. Um, you've got to get your recruitment right. That's a big part of it now. You know, United has spent more money than anyone else yeah, billions in the last ten years. One point two billion. Mm. That's more than Man City. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. They spend more money than Man City. Spend more money than PSG. Mm. Okay. But what have they achieved? Everton is another one. You know, Everton has spent more money than Liverpool mm. in the last five years, but they're fighting relegation. Yeah. So recruitment is a big part of it. Uh, understanding who you're bringing in, how they fit in, not just from a, a, a technical point of view but also from a cultural point of view. Mm. That's a big part of it now. The attitude of the player. Can they fit into the culture of the club? Pogba is clearly not a cultural fit at Manchester United. It simply hasn't worked. And it explains why Fergie got rid of him mm. in the first place. Yeah. I think people are now beginning to realize that, you know what? Mm. Fergie was actually onto something. Mm. It's not that he didn't respect the player, but he realized that, you know what? From a cultural perspective, this guy here, He's not going to give us much. Yeah, and if you if you're looking for for pillars, you were just outlining the the summary of pillars. One of the very important pillars is culture. Mm. Build the culture of the club, and uh, when you build the culture of a club, what happens is that it's for it's it starts from within. Uh, so when the players understand, the staff understands, the coach understands, the fans end up understanding, mm. and they coalesce around that culture. Um, great example is, uh, well, some, some, some key examples are United of how not, mm. and then Barcelona of how to rediscover when you've lost your, your way. Mm. Uh, Manchester United had a cultural model where Fergie was the man. Mm. It was all about Fergie. He was, he was a monopoly. What he said went. He left the building, and then he brought in a man in David Moyes, who was wanted to be collaborative. It was never going to work mm. because the club wasn't structured in a way in which it was about collaboration and still isn't. It's still structured around Fergie and that's why they're getting it wrong. Now, if they don't sort that out, they seem to be. Um, with Eric Ten Hag coming in, there won't be the success they expect. Look at Barcelona. Barcelona has always had that commitment cultural model where it's Mezke Un Club more than a club. Mm. We're, we're the national team of Catalonia. Everybody understands that. Everybody understands the, the value of the badge. Mm. Bring in coaches who want to 
enforce their own cultural model and it doesn't work. It's tragic that Ronald Koeman, being a son of Barcelona, having played there for so many years, Legend. didn't didn't get it and thought that he could bring in a cultural model that he had shaped at the Netherlands national team mm. into Barcelona and expected oh. to work. So what happens? Xavi comes in. Pretty much the same sort of makeup of players, barring some some clever recruitment he did in, in January. And the whole thing changes. Why? Hinges on culture. Get the culture right and everything then starts to revolve around who we are. Mm. Makes a lot of sense because yeah. culture was the next point. Again, a critical mm. pillar. How you attract people is how you carry yourself as a club. Yeah. I mean, Barcelona fans, even when the downturn happened with the Kuhlman era, the, the pride was still there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with United fans, I mean, after Moyes, I was like, you know what, guys? Uh, my my, <laughs> no, my, my jerseys are now permanently in the cupboard uh, until things get better. Yeah, that, that's because uh, United fans were attracted in by the success. Mm. Uh, and so when their success dries out, uh, if what keeps them there? what what keeps you there is is the culture yeah. of a club, yeah. and I know you hate Liverpool, but look at Liverpool in all our troubles, in all our failures. I mean, even the, the Roy Hodgson era, yeah. you guys were still yes, hundred percent. So. Anfield was always packed. We knew yeah. Roy Hodgson there was were, good there, were, there were no people walking out uh, ten minutes before the game, uh, and so forth. We still sang "You'll Never Walk Alone" before, yeah. mm. and sang it five minutes before the end. For sure, and those things remain. Those are the cultural pillars. Of the club and the cultural pillars will always guide you uh, when you need to press the reset button. Yeah, think of Barcelona. Mm. It went wonky. Eighteen months later, they say, you know what? It's not working, reset. and it'll make you make the hard decisions. Yeah. Messi has to go. Yeah. Okay. No one wants him to go, but just the situation at the For club dictated it. that he has to go. This is not a one-man thing. This is not about Messi. This is the pride of Catalonia. We have to make hard decisions for our club. So those are some of the things I think uh, in Zimbabwe that we have to work on. I think a lot of cl- if you try and ask yourself, okay, what is the cultural model at, at clubs X, Y, Z? It's very difficult for you to pinpoint it and say, hey, mm. this is what the yeah. cultural model at Dynamos is or at Ngezi Platinum Stars or at Triangle. Yeah. No, mm. we don't. Uh, the culture at that club so, uh, so often in Zimbabwe sport is dictated by the coach who's in charge yeah. at that moment. What he likes and he doesn't like. Uh, what are his methods? He comes in and he dictates. And the problem is he's he's shown the door. Average show, average shelf life of yeah. a coach, 14 months. Yeah, 14 <laughs> so months. Late, you start again. You start again. Start again. With a new again. person who comes in with different tastes and a different approach. Mm. And so you're not really building anything. Highlanders' most successful period was when Highlanders owned the tag of being almost the national team of Matabelele. Mm. That's who we are. And we are just going to railroad over anyone who stands in our way because we are that good and we believe it. The minute you start trying to change and shift and uh, become cosmopolitan and uh, it's, it's, you start And, and we get uncomfortable with those discussions, yeah. isn't it? You know, when we say, oh, no. But, but the, the fact is, Ireland is, is, a, is a cultural icon. Mm. That's what it is. Uh, we are, you know, we like to talk. It's got nothing to do with tribalism. Mm. They're cultural icon, and um, there is more pride when the fans look on the pitch, and what's there is representative of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and there's more heart, there's more effort, mm. uh, or because you've got players who understand uh, what wearing that shirt means. Similarly with Dynamos as well, you got to understand what wearing the blue and white means. When people say seven million. Uh, you know, you've got to understand what that means, who you're representing, uh, and that the happiness of 7 million hinges on the outcome of the game that you're playing. Yeah. Uh, and those things, I think, have been lost now uh, on uh, the modern player and the modern administrator. Uh, these clubs are being watered down and diluted uh, and so forth. So it's, 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 a, it's a problem. But uh, I, I feel, I, I so agree, teams like, you mentioned club athletic. They are, what is it, Basque. Basque, Basque Nation. Mm. Proudly. Soci- but you can tell the difference between them and Sociedad, yeah. even though it's the same. And, 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 yeah, mm. and they make no apologies yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah. It's their identity. Mm. And that's what defines them. Mm. It's that simple. And, and, and that's what our teams here in Zimbabwe have got to do. They've got to establish some cultural models at their clubs that, that define them on and off the pitch. And it's easy to sell that on social media, to be honest. And media-wise, you it can really sell is. that. Mm. Because if you see... 
from I'm looking for a from a fan perspective. If you and me went to the same school and you became you played for Dynamos, for example, Islanders, I went to school with Mike. He's playing for for Islanders. I would come every game. The people around you, the the the, the athletic model, the Sociedad or before Sociedad ended the, that model, mm. but it 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 endeared people to those teams. And I follow Athletic Club on on social media because it's amazing to see that these people are come from the same region and the same area, yeah. and their place is always full. Yeah. And the social media reflects that. It's sometimes in their local language, and sometimes yeah. you have to translate. Yeah. But that authenticity is very easy to see from how they do things, mm. and it's very easy to sell from uh, someone from Zimbabwe who's on Koromonzi, who was on yeah. Twitter, and then saw them like, hey, "What is this?" Yeah, and I like I like the word you've used there, authenticity, and that's where I think the 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 uh, social media content of the other clubs is is sorely lacking because whether it's uh, inauthentic or not Blyer Chiefs has owned it but now everyone jumping onto the bandwagon it's not it's disingenuous you you you're coming from a place where, and and let me tell you human beings innately can tell when you're being dishonest they can tell mm. and and they, they they don't want any of that so if you are boring fuddy duddy professional be that own it and those that like that sort of stuff are going to follow you. They're going to come after you. You don't have to try and then steal market share in a in a in a in a in a target market. That's not yours. It's not your target audience. Mm. Define your target audience. Say this is who we are. Lean into that, and you'll get the success that comes with because likelihood that space is not occupied. Mm. Mm. Gentlemen, I've taken way too much of your time. <laughs> uh, not at all I enjoyed this thoroughly enjoyed uh, the conversation learned a lot about local football particularly because mine only starts 1999 going forward yeah. after that before that <laughs> it's a, it starts with the treble with the treble it ends yeah. there too yeah. <laughs> it ends there too so thank yeah. you thank you very much um, I sincerely hope this is something that local football administrators will look will listen to and be able to get even fans like young fans who never understood what it was like in Zimbabwe before when it was black and white to us get an idea of what it was like to grow up in an area where everything was scarce, where tech was not as predominant as it is now, where things had to be fought for in one guys are offloading trucks to get calendars just for the team. I mean, that's yeah, that, that, that's a beautiful story. Thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, we'll do this again hopefully soon. I appreciate it. Uh, good being here. Thanks for having us.